Notoriety Sports Network. Breaking news, live shows, unprecedented content. Notoriety Sports Network. Built different. Notoriety Sports. I'll get it right. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, we are the attendees on Patterson. Uh, we're here to talk about the NHL trade deadline, which just expired at three o'clock today. Well, that and all the, the trades trickling, trickling in right after, but. Yeah, it's yeah. actually been uh, it's actually been a rather busy day, unlike uh, some big deals, unlike uh, the deadlines in the past. Yeah, yeah, um, you had a lot coming in late, like Jordy Ben. Like I've I've never heard him being called Jordy Ben. May I, uh, I his, you're probably thinking of Jamie Ben. That's uh, that's I, his brother. That's his brother Jordy. Yeah, I they did. They did play for the Stars together at one point. Okay. I was like, I was like, that's not his name. His name is Jamie. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm like, you're Jamie. Like, you're not Jordy. <laughs> I'm like, they're just making up names to get the to get this trade deadline and get people to watch. Identity crisis. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah a lot of blockbuster deals. I like, and this is not what I expected. You know, like I expected this to be a kind of boring trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? You're right because, you. I mean, for weeks we kept saying that the cap is flat, that the cap is flat. There's not going to be that many moves we're going to be made. And boy, were we ever wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, I mean, I guess we'll cover the Flyers first. Um, first comment is what is hockey? Um, <laughs> it's the sport that the Flyers hit a lot on. <laughs> it's uh, – the only sport not play with a ball. No, instead sure. people want to get in front of a puck moving 100 miles an hour made a robber. We're like, I'm going to block this. <laughs> Very few of us. Very few of us. We get yeah. it. We get it. You know. But um, go on, Paul. We can start with the Flyers. What you were yeah. doing? So uh, you know, first news was uh, Lawton. Um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of rumblings out there that uh, uh, teams were interested in him for obviously show uh, obviously for a reason because. Uh, He's a perfect playoff type guy, um, but uh, they locked him up five years, three million per. Uh, I think he's uh, he is a flyer the way he plays, and it's obvious he wanted to be here. Uh, and that was that was public knowledge. Um, but uh, I'm I'm glad to come. I'm glad he's uh, he's going to be coming back and uh, at a decent cap hit. I think in a normal year with uh, consistent line mates, he'll um, he'll produce well above that. Yeah, and I mean, if he doesn't, it's it's not killing you. Well, the term can <laughs> five years, yeah, but even at three, like three million dollars, it's still a movable contract. But all right, so like, all right, so why we want to sit there and like I texted you guys earlier when that when the news came through, you know, now is he, can he can he not get picked in the expansion draft next year? Well, you're going to protect him. You're, I mean, he could, but you're going to protect him. You're not going to sign a guy to a five-year deal and expose him. Well, I'm just saying. Are you really going expansion draft already? No, <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying because of the deal that came through. That that's all. Because you know, the minute that he got signed, it was like, well, I can't believe we we were trading him. You know, three days ago, now we sign him, and then you know the rumors that were circling around on, on Reddit and Twitter that quick that well, maybe they're signing him and they're going to use him as a they're going to, you know, leave him unprotected to leave to protect someone else like Jake Voracek. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, up front, we, I think we talked about it last week. Um, so G Hayes, TK, that's three. Coots is four. Lindblom is five. So the only other ones, uh, uh, Obey Kubo would be six, and um, probably Farabee. 
Farabee, you don't have to protect. I don't yeah, believe Farabee, you don't have enough games. Okay. Um, so, you know, you're looking at what, what is what about what about Nolan Patrick? That's um, the odd. That's the name that you have to like. I'm surprised he wasn't traded. Like there was those rumors that he was going to Vegas, and there was somebody else I was reading. And they're, they're rumors, obviously, but well, but I mean, it was out there. It was it was it was out there that, that Vegas wanted a cheap forward. Um, they didn't get a so um, the forward they got uh, Yanmark isn't necessarily so cheap. In fact, they had to they had to trade a fifth rounder to San Jose to retain for San Jose to retain salary so they could fit Yanmark in the salary cap, which is bizarre, but it's kind of cool <laughs> um, that you can do that kind of stuff. But uh, it's it's obvious that he was out. His name was out there. But it's also obvious that they weren't just going to give him away for nothing. He was the second overall pick, who's who was his 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 career was on the right trajectory until he needed to take a lot of ibuprofen and uh, Tylenol. So, so real quick, real quick go real ahead, quick. Chris. You're breaking news. We got breaking a, we got a fourth member here. Right. <laughs> breaking news just came out. It has nothing to do with the NHL, but Julian Edelman's contract was terminated by the Patriots because he failed a physical. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Guess who the new Buccaneers receiver is going to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, but, I mean, New England signed quite a few offensive weapons. I yeah. mean, they were, who knows what that physical showed, but. Um, Age. He's old. Yeah. Well, and he wasn't, didn't he get banged for steroid use? So Whoa. he may have needed it. He may have needed it. You know, like. <laughs> so anyway. He's, he's up with the, uh, you know, language there, uh, Griff. No one's getting banged around here. <laughs> he got whatever you want to call. He got he got caught. Up. Um, so anyway, back to the hockey. So I real just, fast, yeah. So like when we talk about everybody wants to get on on Patrick about uh, being a bust or or um, you know get rid of him for anything, and then like I ask, he's drafted. Um, like who who do you consider more valuable? Patrick or Morgan Frost? Uh, right now, Morgan Frost. He's uh, he's controllable. Um, <laughs> his ceiling is his ceiling is where Patrick's was, but uh, uh, he has yet to do anything to show you can't reach it. Besides, get hurt. Um, but he's actually going to be back, um, especially with them fading. I'm sure. Uh, last time Chuck talked. He said that uh, there was a potential of Frost playing at the end of the year, and especially if the playoff, the bleaker the playoffs look, the more likely he's going to get in the lineup. And so now you, I, got, you got spots, no, no raffle. There, it opens up spots. I guess my like where I'm going with it is is like potential is a very tricky word. It's a very tricky word, and. It, are the ceilings different now that Patrick doesn't look good this year? Are his and Frost ceilings markedly different? Or is it just we haven't opened that deck of cards yet? Right? Like we bought the upper deck set. We don't know what's inside. Um, so therefore, it's more valuable than well, what we know. The problem is Patrick's ceiling has uh, he has a popcorn ceiling. So he's got he's to trim all the popcorn ceiling off. Uh, to to till we can actually see it. That's and that's fair. I just sometimes it, it's like potential is a great thing to have, right? Like we we want players with high ceilings, and sometimes it's it's a dangerous word. And that's all. Like I'm if if they were going to get a second rounder for him, I wonder. You know, like that's basically the move that Vegas ended up making, right? Was they they give up a second? No, they gave. Uh, let's see. Let me, let me bring it up here. My, the trade tracker. Uh, Vegas. They gave up a second and a third, but they also got a fifth round back. But Yanmark, I mean, he's he's okay. Is his underlying numbers are not very good. In fact, I was, I I follow a couple uh, uh, Hawks guys on Twitter, and um, uh, Mark Lazarus being one of them, and he. Uh, he said, even even if you even you watch him during a game, you're like, wow, he's playing well. And you look at his underlining stats, which again, I'm more of a you know, the eyes the eyes test type of guy. Um, but 
his underlying numbers were terrible. Even if you even if you're watching, you're like, wow, he's playing really well. The, the stats didn't necessarily show that. All right, so I'm going to bring up two names that you know maybe Flyers. I know you guys will that maybe we gave up too early on. Um, I mean, obviously one was part of the Lindros trade, Mike Ricci, um, who went on to have a serviceable career, and Zubris. You know, you know, you think if you go back and you look, like Zubris had a serviceable career. Now, That's Mike one in a long list of na- those are two in the long list of names that this organization has given up on. Patrick Sharp. Right, like there's there's a lot of names yeah. like that. I didn't want to bring up Patrick Sharp because it still haunts me because I loved him <laughs> ever since that fight with the Ottawa where he beat the hell out of that dude and got right back up and just kept. But we him. got Mark at we got Mark Ellison back, who ended up being a bagger <laughs> at me. No, I mean that was, you know, you know that was Hitch. Hitch Hitch didn't like him, no. so they got rid of him. And he uh, asked for out. He asked for out because of that relationship. But yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, that was that was that was awful. As far as the two guys you brought up, Chris, I mean, Ricci was is a, a he didn't have a serviceable career, he had a good career um, in Colorado. Well, first uh, Quebec, uh, they were that was a very good team. People forget that they won the President's Trophy uh, their last year in Quebec, and then they uh, which I, uh, Hextall was on, and then uh, they got they got swept out by the Rangers. Then they uh, they got bounced. Uh, then they got they moved to Colorado. Ricci was Ricci was a huge part of their cup, their first cup, and then he was in he was in San Jose and he was very good in San Jose. But if you're gonna get a guy like like Lindros, you got to give to get. And him and right, right. him Forsberg and Hexy were just, you know, they were the they were the package. Wait, Steve, it wasn't they weren't you know clamoring for Steve Duchesne and Kerry Huffman. <laughs> Steve Duchesne was also. Oh, very no, good. I mean, he was very he, good. You, 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 if you look back at it again, that was, the the main issue with this organization besides goalies. So the, the second issue is D. They they never developed D, and you had a guy like Duchesne who was was good, and but you, again you have to give to get. And at the end of the day, who would you rather have a sol a, a solid second line slash very good third line center? And Ricci, uh, power play defenseman, third pairing defenseman, and Duchesne, and Forsberg, which Forsberg was obviously the, the the key to the trade, and of course Hextall. But you're trying to there's two things you want the you want the generational player in Lindros. You're also trying to make sure he doesn't go to New York. So right. like you're gonna have to give up an insane package, and Lindros made this. For as frustrating as the Flyers have been over the last 10 years, they were in a five-year playoff drought where they were terrible, and he brought them out of that and made them relevant again. Now, obviously, they added other pieces to make that happen, but he was the cornerstone. He's the guy that built the Wells Fargo Center and or the Core State Center or the First Union Center. <laughs> um, so, like, <laughs> you, you, you got your generational player. Now he had mashed potatoes between the years. So that ruined it, but you still get the generational player. You do what you got to do to get him. So obviously, you know, you know, with the trade deadline, we saw uh, Jeff Carter go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so you know, how Hextall's do you? Hextall's a big fan. Hextall's a big fan, huh? Right. He brings him into Los Angeles, and he takes yeah. brings him over to Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Listen, we never questioned Hextall's his ability to GM. He was just crazy, like how he handled some of these players, how he handled the media. Like, you know, there were rumors that you couldn't talk to the player if they were injured. You know, you couldn't interview them. And you're like, what? Like, he was crazy. He was a good GM. Like you said, our farm system was terrible. And now look at it. You know, that's the majority of that's all Hextall. We have to give him credit. He's like the Ed Wade of the Phillies. Like, people want to rip Ed Wade, but he built that 08 team. And, you know, if this team would have went far last season or even this season, we had to give Hextall his due. But you know, there's the flyer. No, no, no. He's a penguin now. He's in a penguins organization. He's a traitor. What? We fired him. <laughs> well, that, that he earned that, it though. He earned it. the The biggest the biggest problem was, and all that other stuff. It's it's real, and I have other stuff. Uh, I have other examples of how crazy he was from working over there. 
but uh, not going to bring that up. But he uh, he got fired because he completely and utterly ignored the NHL roster. Yes, and you, he he needed to build the farm system back up. That was goal number one, and he did a great job moving out uh, uh, bad salaries like like Le Cavalier, uh and got good value for them. But he just he, he ignored. The NHL roster, you can't go into a season banking on Brian Elliott and Michael Neuwirth to be your two, your only two NHL goalies because one guy has a very high ceiling but is made of uh, of glass, and then the other guy is you know, an older veteran that's never shouldered the load as a number one starter. He's always split the net, and he's had injury uh, issues coming into that too. Not obviously just, you know, minor stuff, but again, he's proven he, you can't rely on him to be your full-time guy. So Neuwirth obviously steps on, you know, actually Neuwirth once in Washington stepped on a puck in warmups and hurt himself. Uh, so yes, Neuwirth stepped on something, hurt himself, and it was the Brian Elliott show. And he held, like hack in his infinite wisdom, played him and played him and played him and played him and played him. And then his core injury, he got his core injury and that was his season was done. And ironically, they made the playoffs that year. He was a huge part of that. But They brought in Mrazek for it. Um, yep. But to stay current, right, we don't want to have to be on a history right. lesson here. Um, so they deal Raffle, um, yep. which we knew he was probably go- gone after this season anyway. Uh, yeah. You get a fifth round back. He goes to Washington. Yeah, I, I like Raffle. I think – Raffle, for whatever reason, got a lot of hate in this city. I think that stemmed from his uh, his first year when he was on the line with uh, Jake and G and scored 21 goals. So they, everyone expected him to become this dirty goal scorer. But no, he's just a hard-ass Austrian. That uh, He's a depth guy, right? He's a yeah, depth guy. He's a bottom six forward that can play center, that can play. He's a Swiss Army knife, and he plays hard, and he's a playoff-type guy. He's a guy you need, to need in the playoffs, and he's a great player. Yeah, for a playoff team, he's bottom six, just kind of like Lawton. Like he's bottom six. He's got some talent where, like, if a guy gets hurt, he could he could fill a bigger role. You don't want to ask him to, but he can. But he's a great. If you're in the playoffs and you're going deep, players are going to get hurt. Raffle is a great player. He could play wing or center. He could, you know, like he can move up and down your lineup. That's a great player to add. Right, and for the for the Flyers that are they're 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 not going anywhere this season. You might as well get something, right? Like he's an expiring contract, so yeah. you're not like you're not bringing him back because you have young guys to fill that hole uh, uh, in in a cheap way. But uh, we, we said he's a playoff guy, all right? Four goals and an assist last year in the bubble in nine games. That's uh, that's pretty good. And if I remember right, he was coming off a broken foot. And playing bottom three yep. minutes, you know, like not just bottom six, but he's playing bottom three. Yep. Yeah, he, he kind of reminded me a lot of Trent Collat when Trent Collat was here. Like, like, I don't know. I say more Sean Pudding. Yeah. Clat played – Clat was a good piece, but he was a top six piece when he came here, if you remember. Um he played, I think, second line wing, but yeah, same t- same type of player, yeah. Right. I mean, and it's funny because we talk about Raffle and me and Griff. You know, we can go back like the, the last three seasons, just like ripping on Raffle. Like you know, you know, we rip him, we praise him, and then he goes on like a, a tear, and you're just like, now that now we know why he signed him to the one year deal, and you're like, all right, well, I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk shit and you're gonna be good, I'm gonna continually talk shit if you're gonna <laughs> shut my face up. Raffle and Lawton and those guys were the reason one of the reasons the team was so good last year. When you yep. get that kind of production from your bottom three, not just your bottom six, it makes a difference when te- when you can't when you have such a mismatch down there. That they were the reason that put that team over the top. And when you have to move them further up your lineup, it that mismatch gets lessened. And that's somewhat of what you're looking at right now. And and we'll get to some of the other moves, but that's part of many explanations for why this season went this way. Raffle is a very nice player. Anybody who says different, I, I don't got time. He's not for a him. deal breaker though. Right. He, but he doesn't, 
if you don't know hockey, then you're going to just look at the name and you're going to look at his stats and be like, eh, he's not that good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's it's funny. Depth is such a huge thing, and it it makes me think of now Raffle doesn't fill this hole, but the reason why when the Penguins won in 16 and 17, or was it 17 and 18? It was 16 and 17. The main difference between them and, like, say, getting past the Caps in those years was the third line, having a third line of uh, uh, Nick Benino, Kessel, and Haglin. They were, it was huge. Well, yeah, having Kessel in your bottom six, I mean, you say what you want about the guy, but he scores goals. He looks like a guy that wins hot dog eating contests because he loves. He may hot do dogs. both. Yeah, yeah, he may do both. You know, but if he's in your bottom six, your ask isn't that big. Nope. No. Um, and just mismatches across the board. So the other, the other, uh, the other trade was uh, uh, Eric Gustafson going to Montreal. Yes, Gus Bus is gone uh, for the a bus- seventh rounder. <laughs> the bus leaves the taxi. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and and we have to pay half of his salary. I know it's not a lot, but I'm like, we, we did they retain the salary? They retain fifty percent, fifty percent of the salary, one point five. I mean, and it's only this year. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and it's one point five, but you've already paid half of his salary this year anyway. So really, it's a half of what was like. It's like seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's. I, I to be honest, it it it's better for someone like ghost to be like, all right, I don't, he's my replacement. Like no one else is coming in the top six now to, to take me out. Um, and he's been playing well. So like, like to be honest, if we're going to get this ghost and I'm, I'm okay with him giving him another year, another year next year to give it a shot, unless he's part of a you know larger package, which could happen just because of the salary cap implications. But, uh, but also that that also speaks to Sam Morin to show that he can that that he can be you know be relied upon to be in the lineup. And Hague has looked good since. I mean, I thankfully missed the Sabres game, but uh, we also retained twenty five percent of Raffle's salary that just came through. He's he's also a, it's for this the rest of the season. Right? Yeah. The Flyers didn't add anybody really, so right. retaining those salaries is just bottom line stuff that the, as a fan doesn't like, you know, it's Comcast that might bother you. I don't know. But as a yeah. fan who gives, who gives a shit? Yeah. You got a fifth and seventh round pick. That's all that matters. Right. And how about Washington just going all in? Like just had oh, to Jesus Christ. The Islanders made moves, right? Like that, that became a, a race. Yeah. I mean, I know they weren't happy with Verona because he's uh, he's you know like a one trick pony just with his speed, and Mantha has unreal talent and ability. Like his his release and his shooting ability is incredible. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what he can do with the, the kind of talent they have up front. And Panic was just uh, blah, <laughs> um, but giving up the first and second round pick. That's just that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm 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 against you know first and second round picks in hockey. You never know what you get, but if you if you're gonna get a run, you're gonna get to the finals. You may not win it, but it's almost worth it. Like I feel like if you're that confident, you know I don't know what Washington's minor league system is like, so you know they could have guys waiting in the wings. Well, the like we know what the Flyers felt like. We know what the Flyers when it came through and made Paul Bachos make a wish and traded Jake Voracek for a bag of puck. You know, you would have gotten your car, picked them up, and took them to the airport. And you know, Tanner Lazinski or Wade Allison would have came up, and we would have been fine with it. Like we know what our organization has in the minors. Like Griff says it all the time. You know, it's too much. You know, it's it, as good as it is. It can actually hurt us in the long run. Well, you just got to figure out what to do with them, but. Here's the thing with teams like Pittsburgh and Washington. When you have generational players like Crosby and Ovechkin, you have to go for it. Like it's every year. It, every year. It's different the first couple of years. You're trying to build. But once you're once you're there, you have to keep going for it while you have him because you, you don't want to waste it. And they have they have a lot of ability. And you know, the the biggest question mark for them right now is in that 
Is is Samson off? Samson off. Yeah. Is he going to be good enough consistently? Because that's that's the issue in the playoffs is being consistent enough. If you look at Vasilevsky, he's had, you know before last year he had he had a couple of playoff runs. Obviously, the year before that when they got swept by uh, Columbus. But young goalies go through it. I mean, we're seeing it firsthand with Carter Hart. But so is he going to be able to be consistent enough? Like have those insane games, but not have the lows be as low. It's got to be in the middle. And that's the toughest part about playing that, especially in the playoffs, because you're playing every other day. So, And you're playing better, better talent. You know, like you're playing other playoff teams, right? Like, so you're not, you're not playing the Sabres unless you're the Flyers. Um, <laughs> you're not playing the Sabres four and five times, you know, like that step up in talent can be a, a difference. Right. And it can wear on you. Look at, look at that. Like for the, first time in some time the flyers make it past the first round but by the time they get through montreal and they have to play the islanders you can tell that war on them you know every team takes that different yeah i mean it's uh uh, it's also like you were playing the same team and adjusting counter adjusting uh going back and forth that's it's a whole different beast and that's why you see some coaches struggle with it because you have to you have to constantly adjust within the game within uh, within the series, and some coaches aren't built for that. They're built to keep everything stable for an entire year. But when you get into a condensed playoff series where you're playing the same team in a seven game series, it's 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 vastly different. Yeah, when the intensity and- gets ratcheted like by ten, you know. Yeah. If you know you, you, I know we're getting a little off topic, but you're absolutely right. And I'm going to bring up. We'll get back to NHL. Like if you go back and you look, look at the Sixers in 2000, 2001. They had those three series where they all went seven games, and they were hard fought. You know, we all know what Iverson was. And then they got to the Lakers. They win game one, and then they were just out of it after that. You, you know, they were they were beat down already. You, I know the Lakers were in the middle of their dynasty, but. It, it, the Sixers had them in game two, and then they just they, they just didn't – they were done. Like, they were just worn out. You know, when you get beat up and beat up and beat up, it happens. And that's just like hockey. Like, unless you are a hot team who just sweeps everybody, like the one year, I forget who it was, but they – I think it was like the first three rounds they just swept, and they were just chilling, waiting for the, the finals. I forget who it was. I'll have to look it up. But, you know, it's – you get mad, you get frustrated, and you get hurt. Like when you're playing the same team over and over again, and as a fan, you're just like, "Fight this dude right now!" <laughs> like hit him with a stick or something. They feel the same way, you know. Like you, you, it, if you played any sport, you get to know who the other people are, and you know the little things they do, and it just bothers you. You know, like eventually, they could do nothing wrong, and you're just you know ready to drop drop the gloves. You know, that's I'm just the way it goes. I'm gonna play you. You're gonna deal with it. <laughs> it also it also takes luck because you have to stay healthy too. I mean, in 2004, uh, when the Flyers went to the conference finals and lost to Tampa, they built their defense at the trade deadline, especially to to beat Tampa Bay because everyone knew they were the best team in the conference. And by the time they got to Tampa Bay, Kim Janssen had a uh, uh, broken thumb. Uh, Marcus Ragnarsson was out. Uh, someone else was hurt. I can't remember. I, it was, it was, it was a mishmash of players they had to use on the on the back end. Remember Matthias Tamander scoring in Game Six. Yeah. Um, didn't, so didn't they, didn't they also get Markov that year? Danny Markov. Oh yes, Danny Markov. I remember the first round series. And we're this, we're going back to the history lesson here. But um, I remember I was at Game uh, Game Six against the Devils, and it was 1-1, and I was like 20 rows behind the, the Devils net, and Markov stepped across the blue line, took a quick little a low wrist shot, went posting in for the game winner. The place went berserk. Uh, he, that was that was awesome. And he kissed Primo on the cheek in one of the games, too. I forget which game. It was on the back of the Daily News. It's the only reason I remember you, they show him kissing his cheek. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> you know what? It was, the game, it was game six. Or was it game – yeah, game six when – he kicked the puck across. He kicked the puck across the line. Back then, it and, couldn't even touch your skate, though. You know, like yeah. Now, now it can. The rules are so different with, yeah. with this with the skate. But um, to keep us like on topic and moving forward, because we're we're about a half hour in. Yeah. So we look at all the trade deadline moves, and I'm never like the biggest fan 
of making a huge move. Um, you want to make those moves that put you over the top. And I'm not so sure that making the big, you know, like the, that big move is what ends up pushing teams over the top. That being said, a lot of teams did it this year. Um, is there anybody that you look at now and you say, ah, I look at them a lot differently than I did yesterday or two days ago? Well, Boston got Taylor Hall. That dude's got to put a no trade in it, no trade clause in his next contract. He had he had it in there. He waved it. Of course, uh, you yeah. in Buffalo, anyone w- would wave it. But <clears throat> I mean, Taylor Hall has not been good since uh, since his first year with the Devils when he dragged that team to the playoffs, um, and he was not good in uh, when he got traded to Phoenix last year, and he was obviously terrible along with the rest of the Sabers this year. But it will be interesting to see what happens with uh, uh, with the top six in Boston because they they desperately need secondary scoring. So if he's if I was them now, I would I would I would probably have him together with Krejci and DeBrusque, and that should be a pretty legitimate second line. And uh, you know, and leave the perfection line alone. I mean, they've been juggling it, right? They've been juggling it. They've been juggling that that top line to try and get scoring other places, right? So hopefully yeah. you can put that line back together. Yeah, I mean that's if you're Boston. As, as I mean coach, we're not Boston. Coach, like we're not Boston. <laughs> but as as a coach, I would like it's stuff. It would have to get really, really bad for me to break that line up on a consistent basis because they're just so good together. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He's going to be with better players. That are healthy. I mean, obviously, he was supposed to, he was supposed to play with Eichel in Buffalo, and Eichel was hurt. Uh, so, you know, they never got on any sort of rhythm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, not having practices that's going to hurt. It's 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 hard enough in a regular year to get to build chemistry through practice and the games. Not having any practice time that's going to hurt. Uh, the other team that uh, that that made me. That I sort of I, I like what they did was Toronto. Nick, I, I'm a big fan of Nick Foligno. He's a he's a gritty, hard nosed player that that Toronto has not had, and they're already doing well. So and they had such a talent rich team. Yep. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see and the whole leadership aspect of it between Tavares, uh, Thornton, Spezza. Now you bring in Foligno in. They're, I mean, their their big issue is in is in net, and you know, right now, uh, Campbell, Jack Campbell is their starter. He's won the first his he's won eleven straight decisions to start this season because he was he was hurt in the first half of the year. And hot. he's been hot right now. Yep, and then they just picked up David Riddich for more for more uh, uh, depth in net because they don't. I don't think they know when Anderson's coming back. So I think I think the net is going to be is going to be Campbell's from here on out because even if Anderson comes back, he's cold. You know, they they he's going to be cold and he's not going to be given the chance to take the reins back unless Campbell really falters. I like what the Lightning did. They went out and they got three defensemen. You know, you can never. I feel like in my you can never have too many defensemen, especially the Lightning because they have the offensive firepower to begin with. But they went out. They got you know Clawson. I think that's how you say his name. You know, well, Lashoff and Savard. Yes, and Savard. I mean, we the whole salary cap and how they—it's just, just comical. Well, it's going to become—it's going to come to a head this offseason because they're going to have really, over. really big decisions to make. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. way over. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at last year. You look at look at what made the difference for them in the playoffs, and it wasn't necessarily the sexy moves. Now, one of the moves came at the beginning of the season, and that was Patty Maroon, uh, the big rig. But uh, So he he brought a different uh, uh, part of the game that they, didn't ha- they did not have. And then they picked up Luke Shen, who we know him well. <laughs> they, and then they also picked up uh, – why oh, am I blanking on his name? He's in Toronto. Wow. Well, and and you're adding them. They already have Hedman, who some you know, like there's an argument to be made that he's the best defender in the league. Right. Right. Like so, you're already at when you add these players, you're adding them to an existing 
uh, like you're, there's already good players there. You're not rebuilding everything. No, you're, you're not. You're just you're building yourself for the playoff run. You you're trying to you're trying to you know leap over uh, Carolina in the standings. So that that's the big thing for them. You're 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 making sure that you have enough you have enough depth to uh, be able to handle an injury or two. And by the way, they're going to be getting the best trade deadline acquisition. In the, key to <laughs> the fact that you can go this entire year, be as good as they've been, and not have Cooch is insane. It just that just shows you how good they've been. I and mean, that's a class. Like that's a talk about a building a roster, right? I mean, not really a weak point, and your heart finalist from last year is hurt the entire year. <laughs> you know, like that's a good organization. It's disgusting yeah. how how good they are. Um, it's not fair. <laughs> well, it's very fair because they did they did go through a lot of losing to get to it, but they they drafted the right players, developed them, and yeah. spent money on the right guys. So much of where the game is like now and with the cap is like you can't get locked into long a long bad contract, and like you've got to you've got to draft well, obviously, until you're like at your window. Whenever that may be, you hope that it comes for, for teams that it's not now. Then you make your moves. But the reality is, is like in order to, to not tread water, you really can't have a bad contract that's an albat that's an albatross. And again, you Paul, you and I have mentioned this name, and he's their points leader, but when you're talking about paying a guy like Jake the same type of salary that you're paying a guy like Mitch Marner or Nikita Kucherov, you know, like, and when you once you get eight and above, those contracts become similar to how they affect your cap, and you just can't have a guy that's just not that. Jake's a very, even for all of our complaints, he's a good hockey player. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not, but when you're paying him to be a superstar, it's hard to overcome that. Well, I mean, the only thing I'll say is. Jake's contract isn't like Vinny LeCavalier's. Well, he's playing and contributing, right? He's still he's still producing. He's still he's still a good hockey player. He's not some some slow guy that can't move. I thought, I mean, this time last year, I thought uh, JVR was going to be that guy because he couldn't move and he was dealing with injuries and he's you know he was making seven million and you're like, oh my god! And then he's been really good this year, so. I think the key is they, they have to be able to get rid of one one of them. And, you know, maybe with all these draft picks, you know, maybe maybe Chuck does use the, 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 the draft stockpile to, you know, entice Seattle to take a guy like Jake. Um, and I think Chuck talked about the mix a lot. And the mix is very important, not, not necessarily – Obviously, it's important on the ice in terms of the, how the players play together, but also the mix in the locker room. And I'm not saying Jake is a cancer in the locker room at all. I'm not saying that. And it's obvious that everyone likes him. But I think they could afford to change that up a little bit because maybe I think at times, and, I, and Jake is a perfect example, I think they've become too comfortable at times. And – that leads to, all right, no, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. Then a mad dash at the end of the season or a mad dash at the end of a game, whereas they need a change to where, like, we have to push right from the get-go. So that's, that's kind of – and when we name Jake, and I don't want to pick on him because I think we also we're in agreement. He's an easy name to pick Low because hand. maybe – yeah, and because, like, maybe his attitude, like, when he talks, you you get that sense from him. We don't know if that's true or not. It's, it's just an easy name to pick. But when you look at it, there has been a common theme with some of these guys and some of the ways that they play. And the phrase that I had been using was the almost comeback kids, right? It's always like we, we start off slow or we don't play all three periods. And then all of a sudden, we, like, there's five minutes left and there's an all-star team out there. You know, like, where is this for 80% of the game? Um and it's easy to pick on Jake and we don't, we don't, it's tough to tell because like Jake does provide something. I think that a lot of players on this team don't, which is like the strength to carry the puck around. 
Um, he doesn't really get knocked off pucks. Like Jake does a lot of things really well. It's just that $8 million contract that comes really hard to bring in other players of a high caliber. That's my, my, that's my frustration is like when you're making the same amount as these guys that are like a tier above you, if not maybe a tier and a half, when you point to why can't they make a big move, that's what you look, that's what you look at, right? It's like, you've got some great deals. Like Provorov's contract is a nice deal. Um, Konechny's contract is not killing you, but you only have so much of those high-end contracts to, like, to go around. The yeah. four guys, right? you've got G, Jake, JVR, and Hayes. They're all like – when you look around and you look at Marner, Tavares, Matthews, you know? Although, I mean, in fairness, those, gar- those guys – are making a notch above them, you know. Got like uh, like Marner's making ten point nine, so basically eleven. Eleven. Tavares is making eleven. Matthews is making eleven point six, which um, makes it three, not four. Also, which makes it three, signed. not four. What's that? That's why there's three of them and not four of them. Well, actually, Toronto, uh, Nylander is. I don't know how they got around it, but. He's at six point nine. But remember that f- the first year when he signed his deal, he was at like ten. Right. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that got worked out. But uh, but him at six point nine is pretty good. Uh, but at the time, at the time, Jake deserved the deal. He deserved that deal. Um, I guess and- it's the term more so than the like it's the years, not the value, right? Like that. That's what becomes the choke point. I- when I look at it, I try to figure out what is it that's making it very hard for this team to move assets. It's again, you know, it's you're looking at the flat cap that 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 really that really has hampered them. Um, and you know, like after last year, I don't, I wouldn't have said like my opinion had changed on Jake because he, his play really came around and. And as a GM, you're like, all right, so I, Jake's one of our better players right now. And he was one of the few guys that stepped up in the playoffs. So are we going to move him? You know, AV, it seemed that AV got through to him. And Jake even even self-admittedly admitted that, that, a, that he really started to buy in or he bought into AV's system. So why are we going to move him? He's, yeah, he's making eight, you know, he's making eight million, but he's producing and he's playing the game the right way. There was no point to get rid of him. It was JVR was the uh, um, was the uh, the anchor that was that was holding it back. Now the roles are reversed. Now JVR <laughs> JVR is the guy that uh, you almost don't want to give up, but you have to. You have to try to move him because long term he's not a fit. So um, I guess so. If we're looking at the East. And we're, you know, obviously this is a tough time to predict, but there's not that many games left of the regular season. Who's your pick to come out of the East now that the trade deadline's come and gone? The Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> you, mean with, you mean after the, your pick for winning the uh, lottery draft? <laughs> oh, wait, we're not doing that? Oh, that's a different show. Sorry. <laughs> uh, to me, it's the Islanders. They have the depth. They have their system. They have their structure. Um, the goaltending. The goaltending, you have two now. Uh, their defense is good, especially now that they got Coburn, Stanley Cup champion, Braden Coburn. Um, <laughs> Flyers so, Hall of Famer. Flyers, Flyers Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, one of the biggest noses in the game. But he's – they just – their system is so good. And adding adding uh, Sajak and Palmieri to that, I, I, they're just they're just really deep. Now winning, like winning the Eastern Conference. I mean, them beating Tampa is going to be really, really tough. But I see them winning the first two rounds of the playoffs, coming out of the East Division, and making to the Conference Finals. So now here's my thing with the playoffs: Is it you win the East Division, you win the Central Division, and then those two play? In the Eastern Conference Finals, because I'm looking at the standings now. It's got Central, East, West, and North. Do we know? I'm assuming when I when I say the East, I mean 
Um, the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the conference, not the division. Well, I'm not going to make any conference predictions because it's really, really, really tough to to pick um, to pick who's going to – they haven't played each other. And it's really hard to pick against Tampa, to be honest. I don't I don't right. I don't I don't see anyone beating them right now, but that could change. So but, let's do the division winners. All right. So I I have I have the Islanders winning the East, the mass mutual East. <laughs> I have Tampa winning the Discover Central. Uh, <laughs> even though even though Carolina's tough, but Tampa just they, their top end talent is just too good. Uh, they've been there before. They they've won. It's it's basically the same team for the last four seasons that have yep. been to the Eastern Conference Finals and been to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yep. And then uh, the I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do next. I'm gonna do the Honda West. Uh, that's really tough, man. That is the toughest. I could see Vegas or Colorado, and I I like Minnesota's game. Dude, it's really tight. Like I'm looking at these standings there. It's really tight. Uh, I see, man, I'll go Vegas because I'm not sold on Grubauer. Uh, I think, uh, I come in a playoff series. I don't think he's good enough to, to take them over the hump and Vegas has both flurry and, uh, and Panda boy, uh, to Robin Leonard, to, to get them over the hump and then Scotia North. I mean, it's so hard to pick against Toronto because they're 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 just playing so good. But Edmonton's good, but is Mike Smith going to turn back into a pumpkin? And Winnipeg is Winnipeg is sneaky good, and they get dangerous. Off the That's tending. a dangerous team. Winnipeg. I could I could see any of those three, but I'll I'll pick Toronto. For, and they, I'll pick they Toronto for Simmer. There you go. <laughs> and and the, and the Winnipeg Jets picked up Jordy, not not Jamie. They picked up Jordy. That's actually the a big band. pickup for them. No, it they, is a pickup. They, I'm looking at his stats. I'm like, he's not like going into last year. Uh, they lost three regular defensemen. They lost Tyler Myers, Big Buff, and uh, Jacob Truba. So you, you literally they you, you take out. Half of your your top three defensemen. They lost their top three defensemen, and they still made the playoffs last year. And still competitive. Now a lot of that had to do with Neil Pionk being pretty good, and the Rangers sort of undervaluing undervaluing him. Personally, I'd rather have him than uh, Jacob Truva. And then you know the guy in that, and you have a stud goalie, and they have really good forwards. And Patrick Line is a good fit there. I they're really tough, but I'll go with Toronto. Wait. I mean, they're so deep up wait, wait. front. They have good you, D. You don't mean line A. Eh? He's not in Winnipeg. You mean no? Pierre I, was saying last, I, was say, I was saying last year. Oh, uh, last year. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but now, but now I think the four group is better, better suited, better suited for the playoffs. Line A being your second line center, and Stasny being your third line center, and Kyle, you know, uh, Kyle Connor, and uh, they're just they're they're really deep down in the down the middle. Still some question marks in the back end, but they're. They're they're really good too, but I think Toronto's the deepest, and I'm their high end talent is of the highest end. You know, yep. I'm Other than Edmonton, them. maybe you know, like Edmonton's high end talent's pretty good too. But if, as top two players, they have the they have the top two best players in the league currently. currently. Yeah, currently. So I'm gonna throw out a stat that the Flyers lead the league in goals, giving up goals. <laughs> really. Yeah, my <laughs> never would guess it. Yeah, hundred and forty-eight, and then Winnipeg or uh, the Golden Knights have given up the fewest, ninety-two. So I, I for for offline that we can talk about on Thursday, but I'd also be interested to know like what the breakdown is of like all right, goals is one stat, but then there's like stories that tell why they end up being goals. Like it might be worth it for us to look through it, like how many high danger chances the Flyers are giving up compared oh, to yeah. the average um, and things like that. Just to see, again, does the eye test match the stats test and do we care if it does or not? But uh, it would be an interesting exercise to go through there. 
no so surprise we're not, that they're we're not we're not gonna talk about them giving up three goals in three minutes to the worst team in the league. No, this nope. is the trade deadline show. This isn't <laughs> the um... we can we can go over that on Thursday after the no, I know. <laughs> the burn um, still hurts. So um I guess to start getting us, you know, to towards working us to to, to the end is uh, the next two things that burn in my my head are look none of us i would hope went into today expecting a franchise altering trade i mean there who, who could you really get like they, like there wasn't no one there for you like whoever you get is it going to make this team better next year like but then you're again you're holding back the minor the minor league players the young guys you know you we're holding on to Jake next year, possibly, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of thought into, you know, why trades weren't made and why Chuck didn't make moves. And I'm okay with it. Like we have to realize the flyers are what they are. Like they're a subpar team. They're not good right now. And it happens, you know, you regroup like, like Paul brings up, you know, you practice next season, you get the coaching, you look at the game film, you look at the mistakes you made and you do it. And you fix that for 2021. Well, it's, I, it's an easy fix. I think. I think this is this is what was going to happen. Yesterday, yesterday's game really cemented yeah. what Chuck was going to do or yep. not do. I if they held on and beat the Sabers, I think he goes out and gets a guy like Mark Stahl, who wasn't dealt today because he's an expiring contract. EA is getting paid five something or whatever. He would have been able to move Gustafson to create the cap space, and just to just to try to give the D another veteran defenseman to hopefully bolster them for you know a run, and because you know their schedule immediately is a little tough, but then it lightens up a little bit in terms of you get the Devils four times, uh, you have the Rangers twice, which they've struggled with the Rangers. But my point being is there are points there. So if they beat the Sabres, I think Chuck goes and gets someone to, uh, again, a small deal to pick someone up to for help for this team for this year. He was never going to go out, and he all but told you this, he was not going to go out and pick up someone that was going to be under contract for next year unless some deal came came you know came to him that made was a no-brainer, which wasn't going to happen because – it, you have too many teams that are still in it. And again, the whole cap, the salary cap uh, issue. So he, he's, he stockpiled some assets. He got rid of guys, a couple guys that he what that weren't coming back next year to free up room for either a, uh, your young guys coming up next year or B for moves in the off season. And, and I think the off season is really where every, like everybody should have been looking. Right. Like the idea that you're going to be, I mean, let's face it, 80% of the regular season's over. You have, you are who your record says. There's what other argument can you make? We're better. Like your record says who you are. That's why you play the games. So the reality is, is nobody who would be in the situation the Flyers are in would be making a move. Like you'd be getting back prospects and, or, and picks. That's not a, that's a, when you get back picks, that's a three-year from now proposition. That's not a next year makes you better. So no. a fran- right, a franchise altering move, like quote unquote, would really involve you saying like batting down the hatches, all that work we just did to kind of shed bad contracts and um, bring up the talent in, in, in Lehigh and and below. We're doing that again. Yeah. I- I just think now, once he gets past the expansion draft, all cards on the table. Nobody is safe outside of Hart, Couturier, Provorov. I think even if the price was right, I mean, I doubt you move Provorov. Just again, he's got a great contract, and he's a he's a legitimate top two defenseman when he's got a, the right pairing partner. But I think if the price was right, he he'd get moved if they depending on the talent that they got back. Couturier and Hart, I doubt you're ever going to get val- the right value back. Yeah, I I just think I've, he's gonna. It's an open book. He's gonna tell all the GMs. It's an open book. 
you you know, yeah. do you want to let's 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 do business. And he's going to go after guys and he he's going to want he's he's going to want to change and improve this roster. He has to. He has no other choice. Um, but that being said, and we talked to, we in the, in, via text, we talked about it. The, I don't foresee giant overhaul happening. Uh, I yeah. think I think what's going to happen is I think he's going to try to move one of his higher paid guys, however he does it, whether it's expansion, whether it's trade, other sorts of trade, whatever. I think he tries to make he tries to deal JVR Jake. He fills the Niskanen role finally, and I which think they're probably going to have to do through trade too. Correct. Yeah, um, and and then he's probably going to you know tinker with the Fords a little bit and that, you know, whether that's, you know, you're trading away or a, a Jake or a, um, a uh, JVR, you're going to have to replace him. And he's, I don't, he's, he's not going to be up for replacing with a young guy. He's, he's, he's not going to rely on a young guy or even Limblom to take that next step because that he, wants to give them, he wants to give them his own, their own, let them, let them develop at their own rate coming back from what they can, what they had. And then Patrick, I don't think Patrick's. I don't. I, I don't think Patrick's on a team next year. I think they deal him. Well, he's an RFA, right? So he's an RFA. Uh, I don't think. I think he'll be part of a package. I. My point is, I think he'll be Jake and Patrick for X, X, and X. Yeah, I think it that is. it's probably, and he would probably say to say again. I'm not like I'm friends with <laughs> with uh, Nolan Patrick, but I think that the team and, and himself would probably say it's time for a change of scenery. Um, no hard feelings. I just don't know that he's going to get it right here. Um, it, and, and I said this about ghost and, and ghost proved me wrong a little bit. Um, last couple games, he looks like that ghost of old, but, um, sometimes a player just needs a change of scenery and no ill will. I hope he gets it together. You know, never wish any, any, ill will here, but I just, I think that a change of scenery would be good for him. I wouldn't be surprised though, if he gets dealt to some, one of those teams that wants, that needs to get to, you know, like a Detroit or an Ottawa, some, some team like that, that um, there's the, the, again, that big P word, he still has that big potential, you know, and it's going to be a cheap signing. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing you have to, you have to watch out for with those teams is they're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna pick someone. I mean, he's gonna be. He himself is gonna be in the same situation. You're looking at best a third. You're gonna be the third line center, uh, even on Ottawa or Detroit, because maybe not Detroit. He might get an opportunity to be a second line center in Detroit. Um, but a team like Ottawa, like yeah, but he gets to be the- a third line center because they're they're not gonna they're not gonna promote him over one of their young studs that they have. Uh, you know in the pipeline, but he gets a chance to compete like that. Those are teams where he'll get a chance to compete where I don't he, know that that chance plenty, exists here anymore. He, well, as far as next year, it all depends what I don't think. I don't think he's an early move. And, and like I said, unless he's part of a package deal, I think um, he had a chance to compete this year and he has it's not a tall working. ask though. You know, it's a tall ask, but he hasn't he hasn't taken that next step consistently. And I'm not even talking about producing, but just showing you're willing to go to the, the dirty areas. He's fine defensively. He you know he tries trying hard. Um, his game just isn't there yet. So um, we'll see. I mean, I do think that they're they're at risk. This so and and this is I think a great place to to close. I think. And I was talking about this off offline earlier today. Those fans of like um, the early Flyers teams, where you know in the seventies Flyers teams, that base that had been filling the arena for a long time and buying season tickets for a long time, they're aging out, you know. And the guys, kind of our age, maybe slightly older, um, are the next wave of who they're asking for, right? Um, the, the people in their their 40s to 50s because they usually have the disposable income and these energy to still go down to the arena a couple times a week. So I don't know that folks our age, like that that 
demographic is going to tolerate continued mediocrity. No, I, next this this off season is so huge for the organization as a whole. Um, they really need to. They need to take next year. They got to take the step above where they were at last year. They don't. Again, they can't just. Oh, we're going back to the playoffs. No, you got to be better than you were last year because if if we're gonna look at this year as a wash, then next year has to be a step above next year. Now, I'm not saying you have to win the Stanley Cup because, like we just talked about, like a lot has to a lot goes into that. But you can't get off to a slow start. If they get off to a slow start. AV's gone, guaranteed. Yeah. Um. The, he has. They have to come off. They have to come out. They have to come out of the gates in in and in, in mid by mid November have to be where they were pre lot pre lockdown pre quarantine. That's where they have to be. Yeah, they were the best team in hockey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even that. I mean, I'm not saying they have to come out and be the be better than Tampa. No, but I know what you're in saying. in their division, in their division, it it better be. Them and the Islanders battling for the division right from the get-go. Yeah, they need to be a true contender, not yeah. a surprise team, not a – like they've got to be a true contender, and that's really the corner that they've put themselves into. You know, like – and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and we talked about it offline, and I'm not going to sit here and beat up Chuck about that. I'm not going to sit here and beat up AV about that. They're not responsible for what happened before them. Hexville's not responsible what, about what happened before him. But at some point, the rubber's got to meet the road. And, and we can't keep getting the same results. That's kind of – they're going to have to sell tickets. They might actually have to pick up the phone and call people to sell tickets um, soon, sooner rather than later. So – that's my piece about about it. I just don't know that they can they can bank on the fans filling the stadium or building rink, whatever we want to call it, game in and game out forever anymore. Like those well, days, I. I mean, the only thing I'll say to that is when we're when we are uh, fully open as far as the arenas go. I don't think they will have. Unless unless they unless Chuck completely fails miserably, I don't think they're gonna have an issue selling tickets. I think I think they'll be back to where close to where they were. Um, Maybe just, this just, season, but if they have another season like this, well, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just talking next year. Yeah, okay. Um, although I will say them charge with them charging way more money for the seats that are available right now. That's putting a lot of a, a sour taste in fans' mouths, and you know, unlike the Phillies, the Phillies are not. The Phillies are just charging what they were. Uh, maybe it's a hair more, a dollar more, whatever. But it's not like the Flyers, and the Flyers have had to give away so many tickets. Um, so uh, the Phillies have not. The Phillies have now. Granted, it's two different, you know, points of view. But still, my point being is, at the beginning of next season, is as long as Chuck makes some moves. They'll have no problem selling tickets through November. If they go back to what what is going on right now, then that's going to completely tank. All right. Um, so we're going to leave you guys with that positive message on this, our <laughs> trade deadline show. We will be back on Thursday. I'm going to put up the lineup for the other um, – the other NSN Philly shows as we go off. So if you guys want to pay attention to that listing for the other shows that come on this network, we're again, very happy to be on here doing our hockey show. Chris, you do. If you want more Phillies talk, Chris is on Saturdays. The right, Chris? Podcast. Tonight's tonight's Phillies game got postponed. Yeah. I just got the alert. What's it from rain. Oh, um, so I'm, it's not COVID. If they're getting they're getting hit. That storm we got yesterday is up there now. So the nice. doubleheader tomorrow. So I'm going to put that lineup up. Um, if you guys take a second, I'll leave it up for a little bit. If you want to make a reminder for yourselves to tune into those other shows, there's Chris's show. There's some other some Eagles uh, shows. There's some four for four where they talk about all sports. So. Um, Pay attention to Notoriety Sports um, and check out some of the other shows. And like uh, we had said, we'll be back on Thursday.